the way they worked has completely changed. The practical work. In former days, they're responsible for one unique work. For example, soldering. And now they are completely involved and part of the complete chain. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Alexander. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Thank you. Great to have you on the show, Alexander. First of all, could you give me a short overview of who you are and what you are doing? And that's a good question. So let me start. Born in 1963, so more or less 60 years old. I started my job in the area of industrial automation, then in several companies, exactly two companies, Möller, Glöckner Möller, now it's Eaton and Festo. And also a daughter company of Festo, the Beck IPC, where I was involved in embedded software development and embedded components. And since 2002, I'm a part of the management board here at Instar. And I'm in charge and responsible for the whole technical aspects, starting with the purchasing, the complete supply chain, including production, of course, quality assurance, quality management, development in hard and software, industrial engineering. And last not least, yeah, last not least, I think it was all enough for me. <laughs> you are taking care of the production, as you said. Yes. Alexander, help me to understand what Insta is producing and how you operate in general at Insta. We are not as popular as Instagram. Nobody knows Insta. You are not, okay. <laughs> the reason why it's we are in the second line of the business. So we delivered big M suppliers in the area of smart homes, smart building. We are specialized in electronics, in hard and software, also in the engineering, based in Lüdenscheid, very natural area here in Nordrhein-Westfalen, North Rhine-Westphalia. Our core competence is definitely research, more or less, innovation management, let me put it this way, development in hardware, software and manufacturing. And also a smaller part is the sales business and the communication to market, marketing, etc. But as I mentioned, we are partners of big OM suppliers like Gira, Jung, Schneider, Hager, Signify, who else? Very well known. And we are more or less a think tank for the future building automation. We are more or less 500 employees here in Lüdenscheid with more or less between 82 and 85 million, uh, not US dollars, euros. Our core business is yeah, historically starting with the dimmer. That was our first product when we were founded. 
But our business is all around smart home, smart building for lighting, automation, and IoT things. We are also part of, or we are co-founder of the KNX Association. KNX is also a big part of our business. We also the core competence is definitely KNX. So as you can imagine, we were one of the first suppliers of KNX Secure Stack. So we developed also our KNX Secure Stack here at Insta. And it was the first certified stack in the market. To give you a better understanding what we are doing, the importance of communication and also of uniform standards is very important for international business for us. And that's the reason why we invest a lot of time and also a lot of money and a lot of engineering capacity in that KNX business for smart building. But also it's wired and via radio, also other communication protocols all around threat, Bluetooth mesh. Matter is part of our core business. We are a technical driven company, definitely. And also very important is to say that we are part of, you know, it's more or less a joint venture between Gira and, and Jung. Both are the founder of the company Insta more than 50 years ago. And both of them have a share of 50% of the company Insta. You talked about the product Dimmer. So you were producing Dimmers at the beginning and now the trend is more going into smart home. Does it mean you are manufacturing on the one hand side, but you are producing software on the other hand side as well? Yes, definitely. 360 degrees. If you have an idea as an OEM supplier, OEM customer, if you have the idea, we do everything to deliver your product. Also from the specification to market research, if we want till the end of the product is produced and also sent out to your stock as a customer. We do everything for a complete product if there is the need for. Okay. Today we want to speak about lean management and lean production. And I know that you are very passionate about that topic. First of all, could you share the reasons behind Insta's decision to do a fundamental transformation towards a lean production? Yes, I can. I go back more or less 10 or 12 years from here into the past. When I came here to Insta, influenced also by other companies, I've seen a company Insta, which had successful history, definitely, but working more or less in a traditional way. And I was aware that more than 40 years ago, Insta was successful. But will it be also the success for the future? Because everything was very stable. Everybody knows what he was doing, but nobody was really doing it in a chain way. And my historic was very clear that more or less daily, there was a change in the production because everything was changing around. The market was changing. And when I came here, everything was stable. And I was really astonished about that. And I was looking for a way to in a common sense, to work together. Uh, because the challenges we have in electronics is the complexity of everything. Hardware, software is very detailed. Is it embedded software? Is it front-end software? Is it apps? It's very complex. And therefore, we have simply the need of working together in the whole company, understanding the sense behind the requirements of the customers and understanding the complexity in the application transferred into the technical solution. And therefore, the need is to work together as a team. But the question is, what does it mean, teamwork? 
And there was looking for a solution or a model, a method to guarantee the common sense of working together. People having complexity have to solve the complexity and have the guarantee that they are in charge of the complexity. And the way of lean thinking was for me the base to start with that in the production. But it was also only the first step because the complete company has to change to be able to understand complexity of the customers, their needs and the transfer into the complete technical solution. And what was the key driver or the turning point to do that shift? Was it because the complexity was rising and the organization was still too static to be able to work with that rising complexity or were there other challenges as well? Definitely the need of the market, power of increasing the benefit, the profit at the end. The economic pressure was at least the main impulse to start with a lean transformation in the company. So also the competitors in the market, also our strategic decision to grow in new markets, in new applications, with new customers, international customers, was at the end the final impulse to start with a lean transformation in the production area, in the supply chain, because most of the money you can earn is in efficiency in the production. And that was the reason why to start in the production with a lean transformation. Okay. And if we still stick with that old model before that transformation, what have been the disadvantages of that old traditional leadership or management model in the production? Yeah, it was focused definitely on stability, continuity, Everybody is doing his job as good as he can, but there was no, also no impulse. Every problem was more or less solved in a top-down decision, not in a bottom-up. My personal opinion is that the people that are doing the work in the shop floor are the best to do. They have the biggest know-how and not the boss. The boss is at least the last one who's able to understand all the details in the process. And that is completely different. That was the traditional way to decide something from a top-down level. And it has to be solved at least by a clear instructions on the lowest shop floor. But that's not the way how you can handle complexity. And therefore, it was definitely the need to get the people. So we are not looking for our problem in the electronic business is not the, like we say in Germany, Erden. so we're looking for certain people, brain intelligence. And therefore we have to put our people, which are well-educated, put these people into the focus to get the know-how of the complete company. And therefore you need a chain working together and not a single people working together. Alexander, you said you wanted to bring the company or the organization in a better way of collaboration Yes. at that time. Take us on a journey. How did you start that transformation and what did you do in the first steps? I would imagine that it's pretty hard if you come into an organization to see, oh, that needs a bigger transformation and you are the one who has the task now to conduct the transformation. You have to convince the people, you have to take them along, you have to implement new processes, which are probably more flexible. How did you do that? The main thing is that you start. <laughs> you have to start. You have to come in movement. <laughs> And we did the start more or less in an experimental way. So we started in the production with the first production cell. But we didn't start it with a simple decision. We want to have 
the first production cell or island. We put the folk, that is my personal opinion, we put the people in the focus and we reach the people by explaining what we want to do. And they are, from the first minute, they are fully in charge of the things we are planning to do. And they're part of the team from the first second. And we were very open and transparency because they were also afraid of the changing. So we demonstrated the things we are planning to do. We were fully transparent. We will get also the union in charge of our, in our lean transformation aspects. That is the very the most important thing to be very transparent, to be very open-minded and to reach each person with the things we are planning to do. Then we started also with a consultant who did it several times, lean transformation to make the people also sure, hey, there's one, he's guiding us through the first steps. And so that was Staufen. So we started with the first step getting the people very deeply involved, also to show them that they are responsible for their things they want to do. So we with, also with the cardboard, we built the first production cell with the cardboard and we tried and we learned especially what we can improve before we go really into metal and aluminum to build it completely up. But the most important thing is to get everybody very in detail information, very open and very transparent and to give them time to learn. That is very important and time to improve by themselves. The most important thing is the motivation coming up from the people themselves. That is the very important thing. The intrinsic motivation. Thank you. That I was looking for. Yes. And do you get them from the very first point easily or do you see doubters and people who are afraid, as you said, and how do you tackle them? How do you work with them that they are getting along as well? People are different. There's not one union person The behavior of the people is completely different and it takes time. And there are people who are very open and, okay, let's try it. On the other hand, there are people like, I don't know, there's a risk that's brand new for me. and I'm waiting a little bit. So the reason why it took 10 years, the complete transformation at Insta, but we spent time to get really everybody, more or less everybody. At the end, you get to 80%, then you are very good. And the other 20% will follow over the time. But our opinion is... Spend time to reach everybody, not to be fast, but each company has to decide it by themselves what they are doing. That was our a proposal that we could be successful if we were doing it like that. Getting the people into focus and get them with on the journey. When we stick a little bit more with that employee or worker perspective, how did their role and their experience in the company changed due to that transformation. So do you see a shift of values or a shift in collaboration, as you said, a shift in employee engagement? If you now look back, how has that been changed when you take a look on the workers, on the workforce? Completely. 180 degrees. It changed completely. First of all, very dramatically, the way they worked has completely changed. The practical work. In former days, they're responsible for one unique work, for example, soldering or whatever. And now they are completely involved and part of the complete chain. So they know the complete chain, which where the work is completely linked into a chain. And they're responsible for the complete chain and therefore also for the complete product. One piece flow means we start and we end with the product to send them out to the customer. And for the one please for the responsibility is, for example, for one lady or one man who's responsible for that one piece flow process. 
a chain process and they are not only responsible for one unique kind of work. That is, on the one hand, the complete difference. But does that reflect in production KPIs like quality or time? Yeah, that was the next one. They are fully transparent with the work concerning KPIs. And they are also not the people, but the process is measured in KPIs. And that is also something completely different because in former days, that their job without really knowing what at the end of the day, what was the result. Now they know that. And now they also know or they can think about the improvement to get in better figures to reach our target. So there was also the situation where the people were very afraid. What are they doing? If I do not deliver my performance, do I have to go? Do I have to leave the company? No. It took time that the employers trust us that we want to improve the process and not to be faster for the people that they have to work more and more. That was not our target. We want to reach process excellence and therefore we need the figures and we need the targets and we need the mindset that we want to improve the process, not the people. The people, yes, with via education, via lean education and so on. But we want to make sure that the process is running without any interrupts. That needs also time to get the trust of the people. Okay, I understand that the people in the factory have more ownership and probably they are more motivated due to their transformation and due to that you have better productivity in the end. If you take that one level higher and you now take a look on Insta as a company, do you see that the whole transformation did change the company at all, the company culture or even the business KPIs of Insta? My proposal was that to change the company, you have to start in one corner of the company, in one area of the company, to let the other people see how the success is working. And we started in the supply chain, in the production, because my personal opinion is that the people in the production are very open-minded. They like to experience. They like to experiment. And therefore, it's more easier than with engineers, especially software engineers. They want to know the details before they start working. They want to know everything. <laughs> And therefore, we started in the production area. On the other hand, we changed also, for example, the way of thinking not in silos, not in departments. We want to see the complete process. For example, that was also one very important decision to destroy, for example, the controlling of the 19, yes, into a business partner model. So the controllers in the financial department are part of the process supply chain development of sales and marketing. So they are directly in the processes. They have to understand the processes and they have to support the people in the process with their financial experiences. So they work also very close together, very close to the process, also in the shop floor. They are part of the shop floor and they are part of the supplying of the supply chain team or the development team. Additional way of thinking also in HR. We have also the business partners in HR who are part of the process, supply chain development sales, for example, and they are very close to the process and therefore they can support the process owners, for example, supply chain, with their financial experience to improve the process. So they are also part of the team, they handle the figures, they talk with the people to improve the process seen then in the figures. So that is also something completely different. In the third area, in the development, that was the reason why I was, sometimes I was talking about Agile Lean. So we started also in the development 
because if you have different value streams in the production, in the development, you have different customers. So you have to be very flexible. Each customer has other requirements, other people, other know-how. So on the one hand, you have to follow up the V model and the waterfall model. But on the other hand, you have to handle the customer in an agile process or in a hybrid process. And therefore, we also be very flexible, different value streams in the production, different ways of development in the development department. And the combination of all these three different aspects was a big booster of cultural change in the Insta. Yeah, great. So that means you started very small in one cell in the production with that yes. approach, and then you scaled it through the whole company in the yes. last 10 years. Yes. Also, the shop floor management, which we do in the supply chain on different levels, we have four levels of shop floor management in the supply chain. The fifth level is the management stand up twice a week, where all people, the complete leader, company, the leader team of the company is coming together two times a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays for 15 minutes, uh, clarifying all problems in escalation or also celebration successes. That is also part of the philosophy that we work together in one company in processes, not in departments. Got us. At the end of that podcast, I would like to come to some kind of best practice session, where I would like to understand if you had learnings on that journey and probably some learnings which you could share with our audience. So imagine I'm a CEO of another manufacturing company and I ask you to help me because I will now go into the transformation as well. Do you have specific goals and no-goes? So things you would do again, of course, and things you probably wouldn't do again because of your journey the last 12 years. Starting with the positives? Yeah, <laughs> let's start with the positive. <laughs> I think if you want to reach your employees, your staff, be very honest and be transparent. I think this is very important. With the transparency, you will make the people, the employees affected. So they understand with the transparency, what's the problem. And with the understanding, you can reach their motivation. With the motivation and with the trust in the people, you get the power of the people. And the most important thing is that you take your time. And that is the reason why it took 10 years at Insta. Yes. Last week I had also a presentation where I also described the long time, why it took 10 years. Because we changed the complete company and also in the understanding of sustainability, it is very important to reach the people. The first time I was the one who get the impulse and the market also. But if I leave the company or when I leave the company, also the lean philosophy has to survive. And therefore, it is very important to install it from bottom to up. The impulse comes from the top, but the way to survive is only bottom up. Be transparent and take your time. Yes. On the other hand side, do you see some no-goes? Things you wouldn't do again? First, I'm one, one in addition. I think if you start... At the beginning, stable processes. After that, you reach excellence in processes. Then you start with the lean leadership. But the most important thing at the end is your foundation. Which are your corporate values? And that is for me, it's very important at the end also to make sure that the things you're doing, if it is lean, agile or anything, is in addition to your corporate values or the values in addition to the way you're working. I think a lot of companies start, okay, Let's write down our corporate values. 
I think the corporate values have to be the result of your transformation because otherwise you do not reach the complete company. So that was very important. The bad things, the negatives, good question. That's the hard one. I'm very honest. I do not have anything in mind which was a negative. That's okay. We have a lot of do's, yeah? So we have the best practice. If you have something afterwards, we will put that in the show notes. <laughs> yes, definitely. We have 10 years of journey behind us. You need a lot of power. <laughs> you need a lot of power and also the pressure. If you have to put in the process, you have to put in the process 120% to get 80% back. So it took a long time and you need power to convince people. To communication is one of the yeah. most important things to reach the people. And that it takes time. And that uh, for people who want to have a very fast success, oh, it's difficult. Okay. You have to take your time. So that is for the one or the other, it's more or less negative because it takes time. It takes time and energy. Yes, definitely. Okay, Alexander, we are coming to the end of the episode. And at the end, I would like to take a look into the future. And we are called the Future Proof Operations Podcast. So I would like to get your vision of the future. How do you imagine Insta 10 years from now? How will that company or probably that culture look like? You can focus on a specific thing or, of, or on the company in general. How do you imagine Insta 10 years from now? I would be happy if I get the preview for the next year. <laughs> Take a look back in the last three years. Nobody could imagine that we have an allocation, a COVID situation. We have a world full of VUCA. You have to be well prepared for the future. I think we are well prepared because we are proactive. We do not react if the situation is coming up. We are very proactive. Our future proves is at least the resilience. That is the most important thing to be flexible on the things which are moving in the market. For example, 10 years ago, we couldn't imagine that Apple, Amazon is part of the smart building a business now, that Cisco comes through in the smart building business. So we are well prepared. The things we can influence is really proactive to think about innovations, technical-wise process innovation, etc., and to be very close to our customers. That is very pragmatic. We want to grow, definitely. We have a plan, also the areas we want to grow. Have your plan, be fully awake about the things which are moving and have a, a resilience in your organization, in your processes that makes you flexible and that makes you very fast to improve and to react on changing situations on the market. So I think in the current situation, we can talk about visions. We have also our five years plan, definitely. But after three years, it gets more and more fuzzy. <laughs> and so I think in the current situation, the resilience in the organization, in your processes is the main thing we have to focus on as a mid-sized company. We are not, we are not. And you said you will be still very close to your customers. Yes. So this is definitely what yes. Alexander, it was super inspiring to talk with you. I learned a lot about Lean and Lean in the production. So thanks for being on the show. You're invited also to come here to the factory. It's better to see it and to smell the company. Thanks a lot. I will take you by your own. You're invited. Great. Have a good one. Bye, Alexander. Bye. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, 
please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.